Hello everyone, welcome back to Escape to the Cinema. I'm David and I'm joined by my good friend, as always, James. Hi there. This week we've got some movie news. We've got James Bond, WandaVision, Supernova, and we'll be talking some Avatar release dates as well. And also what we've been up to and what we've been watching. So James, have you heard the latest James Bond news about Henry Cavill? Yeah, I've seen this. This, this week's taken absolute right turn left turn right. started off the week and i was seeing everyone sharing pictures and news that kind of almost confirming oh tom hardy's the next james bond and some Aye. people love that idea personally i'm not a big fan of that idea and then towards the end of the week we've already had this complete turnaround where it's going to be henry cavill instead well again not going to be but rumored heavily that it could be some people seem dead set on the fact that he's been cast I don't know why. It's, I see an article. It's like Henry Cavill reacts to being cast as Bond, and I'm oh, like, "Oh really? Hi, but it's, he's he's not been officially confirmed. So yeah. I don't know if it's just clickbait or whatever. But he looks a bit like uh, a bit like Pierce Brosnan. He does a wee bit. I he does. He's got the same kind of face shape. Aye, and, same kind of jaw structure and like that. hairline and stuff. Aye, definitely. But um, Tom Tom Hardy's been cast five times apparently. Do you know what I mean? Mad. So, I don't really see Tom Hardy either. He wouldn't be my first choice. No, he's. I, I I'm just uh. I'm not overly enthralled by Tom Hardy as an actor. No, I don't I'm really get excited about him at all. So I, personally, nah, I, I wouldn't be a big fan of that decision. Nah, people I've spoke to a lot of people are like, oh, Tom Hardy would be amazing, but I, I feel like he needs to be. See if he's given too much control as an actor. I don't know if this is a thing. He, he just seems to go off the rails for me. And yeah, um, we had that in the film with Legend. Aye, aye. You seen that in Legend is performance became too animated aye he just goes uh, far like too far that's aye. it he was given two se- completely separate characters to play and a bit of free reign in both of them and I feel like in both roles he just went over the top and got to the point where I thought it was just a bit silly I just aye. didn't like even in Venom like Venom's the same he's just like Venom's terrible aye, it's the not a good film in, but the, act, no, the acting in Venom is horrendous it's as if they're like alright we've got Tom Hardy we'll let him just do what he wants yeah, and see, it's just too much see the whole scene where he's in the fish tank in the restaurant and just the way he's acting and the strange choice of accent he puts on it's always fucking garbage honestly he seems to have this obsession with doing weird voices yeah. I don't know if you've noticed that um, like I said I don't dislike him I just think he needs to be kind of reined in at times And I like him in Bronson aye aye Bronson's probably his most solid performance it's not overall I don't actually I don't think the film's very good but I mm-hmm. think he's good in the film in the film aye no, I would agree with you. I do like him. And, like, Although, if someone gave me the choice, Henry Cavill or Tom Hardy as strictly as James Bond, aye. even though I've just sat and slagged him off, I genuinely think I'd pick him. You think so? Yeah, Henry Cavill to me it doesn't strike me as Bond. We've seen him in these kind of suave roles. We've seen aye. him in, um, uh, what's the Guy Ritchie movie? Oh, Man From U.N.C.L.E. Man From U.N.C.L.E. Aye. seen him in that. We've seen him in, um, obviously, Mission Impossible kind of playing a kind of spy role before, and I know James Bond is a whole separate sort of performance, but nah, uh, it's, a, it's almost picking the the better of the two evils, and I think I'd rather see Tom Hardy. If out of these two choices, again, I'd rather, I think I'd rather not see either of them cast as James Bond, Aye. but no, that's understandable. I think I'd rather see Tom Hardy if I had to. People, I have seen people say that Henry Cavill's too, too kind of nice, like too wholesome almost for James Bond. Yeah. And um, I, I can kind of see that point, but I think out of the two I would choose Henry Cavill, but I don't think either are the best kind of 
best choice. None of them. Uh, I'd say out of the two of them, Tom Hardy has showed better range in his performances. Right. Okay. Um, I don't know if you'd agree with that. I think Henry Cavill's kind of typecast, slightly action, mm-hmm. kind of funny. You've seen him not funny, but like a lot more light-hearted, even in roles such as Man of Steel. Aye. Uh, whereas Tom Hardy, we've seen him do uh, quite serious performances, like in the movie Lock, where right, it's just literally cow, him aye. driving the whole time, aye. and he does. I think he does a pretty good performance in that. I just feel like the studio kind of, if they get him cast, they'll just let him do what he wants because it's Tom Hardy. And True. That's the, the issue I have with it. Though it depends on what director they get. Aye, that's it, it, it does depend on if you have a director who can come in and kind of, I don't mean push my butt, but like tell him what to do sort of thing, then it could work, but... I think, I think Tom Hardy looks more like a James Bond. Right. I do. I think he's... He, he looks very kind of... the. I think maybe because he looks similar to Daniel Craig and obviously right now Daniel Craig's current James Bond mm-hmm. but um, I think Henry Cavill would have to go a wee bit of a body transformation slim down right, a little okay. bit because he's, pretty built he's too up, big he's, he's too big and muscly and James Bond isn't actually that aye no I, I do agree with that he's kind of he's got a massive chest obviously so he'd have massive to kinda... chest massive shoulders big arms big traps aye maybe another kind of build you'd typically have for a, a spy but yeah. But then again we don't know what spies look like I suppose. <laughs> but we're forgetting about three weeks ago everyone was again talking about Idris Elba potentially getting cast. Well that's the thing he's I was going to say Tom Hardy's 43 right which I think's a bit, bit too old. Obviously, I'd say it's either slightly too old or right on the money depending on it's, what kind of story you aye, go with. Depending on what they want to do because I assume they want to reboot it so I feel like rebooting it with a 43 year old and doing a film every three years is just yeah. a really bad idea but well, just like, yeah, you could have what happened with Jason Bourne. Ah, exactly. But um, Idris Elba's forty-eight, so even and, older. And Daniel Craig's fifty-two, so yeah, I don't see the point in recasting somebody. Who's Tom Hardy look, doesn't look forty-one, though. No. no, like Tom. I'd ha- say he looks a bit younger than that. Tom Hardy could probably pull it off, but I feel like Idris Elba does. Obviously, looks good, but he does. You can tell he's older, so yeah, yeah. You can. Ah, oh, you can definitely tell. I mean, he's got that kind of wee bit of grey coming through in the beard aye, now. Aye. Just look. Just looks a bit aged. Not nothing offence to you, Idris Elba. <laughs> not sitting slagging you off, saying you're old, but just looking a bit like you've DJed too many party sessions in Ibiza. Aye, I, I mean, I would agree. He's like, like I say, I hope I look that that good when I'm forty eight. But, <laughs> but um, I, I, I just feel like if they're rebooting a franchise, it's a bad move to cast somebody as old. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think a younger direction isn't a, isn't a bad decision. Um. A bit of a, a a pick that I always kind of was would like to have seen, and it was rumored at one point, but nothing really came of it. I don't. He's a little bit short, but I always thought James McAvoy could make a good Bond. Aye, I always kind of thought that actually. I, I I always thought he was he's pretty damn good, and again he's a bit short, but you can make Daniel Craig's not exactly the tallest out aye, there. Exactly, so. it's not. Well, Tom Cruise gets maybe been the shortest aye, so, Tom I mean, Cruise can stand next to was it Cameron Diaz and still be taller st- aye, somehow still be taller so I'm, I'm sure they could work around that but yeah who would you if if there was no restrictions limitations on who you could cast who would you want to see as Bond right I've got a wee <clears throat> recommendation here right he's American so I don't know if he can do the accent because I've not seen him in anything where he, okay. he does the accent but if he can pull off the accent I would go for John David Washington because Tenet's basically a big James Bond audition. He's yeah. basically playing that character. 
But obviously he's American. He's very American though. Aye, that's maybe an issue. That Aye. is the thing. Um, I, I've never seen him obviously try a British accent. Uh, I've seen him, like I said, I've seen, in the Tenet episode we discussed this, I've seen him in Ballers. Right. Again, he's American. He's American in Tenet. He's mm-hmm. American in, obviously, Black Klansman. So, yeah, it'd have to see. It'd have to see some we'll get a kind of voice actor in but Aye. there'd be nothing worse than a shaky a shaky the, voice that is the issue like if he could get away with the accent I mean we've seen well not I have seen like Robert Downey Jr does Sherlock and stuff so yeah but that's a very it's a very heightened like an, English it's accent it's an old English accent as Aye. well and that's Aye. Americans it's even talk to an American they, they try a stereotypical English accent mm-hmm. that's the kind of voice they put on anyway that's true actually um, um, and it's a bit of a cop out it's like if when you see British actors cast in American movies and they make them from like the Bronx aye, it's because like the stereotype you, you've already been doing this accent for a while it just aye. needs a little bit of work I mean aye that potentially is the biggest issue um, I suppose in an ideal world if he could just pull it off I'd like to see him but I just thought it was a kind of different book I think he'd be he has everything about the character apart from the voice, like I say, it is very American. So but. someone else who I always thought about, and um, I'd again would probably need a bit, a little bit of work with the accent and that. But um, I like uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aye, aye. Played Kickass. Aye. And he, again, he was actually he in was Tenet, in Tenet and, aye, aye. and you heard his accent in Tenet, and it's pretty okay. Uh, I, I like him. I think he. I genuinely think he'd be a really good fit for Bond. Because he's he's still pretty young as well. Aye, that's a different pick, but I, I'd like them to do that. Just pick somebody nobody predicted. Yeah, I think so. I think again, picking someone like Tom Hardy or Idris Elba and that—they're in the public eye already. They're they're in a lot of films. They've got a big fan following. I mean, a lot of people whose opinions on films I wouldn't trust are the sort of people on Facebook sharing. Oh my God, Tom Hardy, James aye, Bond. Aye. Like they they like they love the suggestion. And that's just because they like Tom Hardy. That isn't anything to do with acting or the films themselves. You'll probably find a lot of these people don't even watch James Bond. Oh no, aye. That's the thing. That's maybe why they'll do it because they think, oh, other mums love Tom Hardy, so they'll come and see James Bond. Or yeah. Do you know what I mean? I always find that weird. It's when Tom Hardy that kids book collection. Aye, was that's it the C- fucking weird. Was that the CBB thing? Aye. I didn't fucking think that was cute. No. I thought that was bloody. <laughs> all right. Like, keep an eye on him. Like... Aye. And it, but then it's like. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm saying about mums, it was them sharing it on Facebook. Oh, yeah. oh, when Tom Hardy reads you a bedtime, so I'm like, what the fuck oh, is this? Fucking exactly. Fucking. <laughs> Aye. Aye, awkward like. Can you imagine uh, if it was like, oh, Katy Perry reads your kids a bedtime? Aye. They'd be like, this is a fucking disgrace. Aye, exactly. Aye, so. Nah, I didn't. I know <laughs> that's a bit random topic to go off on, but. No, I don't remember. That my head down, I was like. Yeah, I was like, that's kind of dodgy. Like, no, because people did still share it. Did ask him to do that? Or did, like, did he did just he be like, for it? I'll read your kids a story? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of strange, but it's because people still share that. I do remember it. Like, yeah. So it's weird, but no, I would like them to pick somebody kind of out of left field that you don't expect. But I don't know who. Yeah, just don't just don't pick Tom Holland, please. Aye. Just like twelve young. twelve year old James Bond. Hi. Exactly. We already had the uh, the Kingsman try the young kind of was it Carl Edgerton? King oh, Kingsman. What's his name? Um, is that not his name? I get him mixed up with what's his name? It's no Joel Edgerton, is it? No, it's somebody else. Um, two seconds. I'll check because uh, we both had fast names here, and they both sound like they have potential to be correct. Is it Taron Edgerton? You know, I think that does sound 
It's Taron. Aye. He's Taron Welsh. Welsh aye. Yeah. I'm sure. Aye. Mm-hmm. So I just don't want someone who's super, super young. Because how many James Bond films are we at now? Over 20 anyway. I think it's 26, I think. So we don't need a young starter story. Like... Yeah, it's like just jump in halfway through his career or something. It's nearly more. Yeah, exactly. Like, like everybody knows who he is, and but they are obsessed with setting up the backstory. Stories. I, origin stories. Origin I. stories are like a director's wet dream just now. They're so stupid, honestly. They're kind of starting to let it go a wee bit. Maybe not the best example, but Batman, Superman, they just Batman just showed up. He was just there, like he existed yeah, already. Exactly. So. We all know who Batman is. I like it. Honestly, like, you made the joke yourself in a few podcasts ago. Don't need to see. Bruce Wayne's parents get murdered again. You just don't. I don't no. need to see a kid get bit by a spider. I don't. Like, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't well, that was another thing. Like Spider-Man and the MCU was just there. They yeah. just found them, sort of thing. So it, it does work. Like there's people who've been in pop culture forever. So we don't need the whole backstory. Uh, yeah, James Bond is massive. It's such a big, uh, kind of piece of cinema history as well, and it's an important role. And although I did like. Um, I did like Daniel Craig to start with. He's definitely should. He's at the point now where he wants to pass the mantle on, and he doesn't want to be in the films anymore. Aye. So it is the perfect time to kind of choose someone else. But yeah, pick someone different. Pick someone that's a bit left field that can bring something else to the role. I know they'll be playing it for a good while. So yep. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I reckon. I reckon you, you get like a three film contract straight away. At least I pick a James Bond. I just don't see the point in. Like I say, casting somebody as old when they can, there's potential for like five films, and yeah. they don't make yeah. them quickly. They make them at like we say three or four years apart. So, but I hopefully somebody kind of, kind of different would be nice. But I think they'll cop it and just pick Tom Hardy. I think they will, and I'd be, I, I will be disappointed if that happens. Aye, I will be as well. But I mean, it could be really good. We could just be, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, but David, kinda... <laughs> we're never wrong. I we're never wrong. No. <laughs> but um, yeah, I says I. I before we started the podcast, we were catching up on trailers again. There, and we've seen the the James Bond trailer come back on, and yeah, I think uh, the hype's still there. Aye, it's dying. <laughs> so <laughs> they need they need an so. injection of of something new. Aye, if they cast somebody exciting, then it'll make us want to see the next film. Yeah, because at this point, you're like, right, I'll see this one just to get it out of the way. So, but they teased a female Bond with this this film. Aye, the new double O, but but that's like. That's not she's not double O seven. She'll be double O something aye. else, double O thirteen or something like that. So that that it'd be kind of weird if they then made hard the kind of focus point of the movies going forward because then you kind of eliminating the whole double O seven part of it. Aye, see that's the thing they were going to cast no no cast but Halle Berry was going to have a spin off series from Die Another Day the one she was in with Pierce Brosnan the one that kind of killed the franchise for a while it was that bad. Oh yeah yeah. But she was going to have like a spin off series. Of, she was in a double O, obviously, but uh, that got cancelled because I think that film was so poorly received. But yep. So, I mean, they have kind of spoke about this kind of thing before, but maybe if she does well in this film, they'll give her a film, but... I'm not I'm not opposed to it. I'd happily see a female Bond. I No, I think it'd be good, but it's just they're obviously going to cast a guy for double O seven, then have, if they have her as a kind of female double yep. O, maybe they could... I, I don't see them being in the same film then. Exactly. If it's like, aye, she'd need to have yeah, her own spin-off you know I mean? or something. Like, it'd be hard to then have them in the same film but then flip it around then have a new James Bond with her in the same universe aye doesn't really make sense maybe they'll just give her her own films and it's in that universe we kind of like dovetail off that but aye I hope they don't like introduce her and she's there for one film and that's it because that'd be kind of shit 
killed three quarters of the way. I like that. Be a bit rubbish, but hopefully, can I continue that? Because um, it'd be nice to see them shake it up a wee bit. Yeah, I, I, I want that. I want a little change of kind of change of scenery in the James Bond uh, movies. Definitely. Also, just a change of tone as well. I'd like a bit more of a fun Bond movie. I'd like to go back the way a little bit rather than the current like every single James Bond movies the world's going to end. <laughs> Aye, and the, the thing with the tone, they never decide what they want because like we spoke about before, they jump between, oh we're serious now, then they go back to like, oh here's the exploding watch and they're Aye, like, oh we don't watch. do this now and Aye. Aye. just like kind of roll with it and don't be embarrassed, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, moving on, we finally get a full WandaVision trailer. We spoke about this before, I was saying how excited I am, but yeah. after seeing this I'm even more excited. Yeah, I I like the, the trailer, I think it looks kind of kooky and weird and but in good in the good sort of ways. Aye, that's the thing. Like, I'm never like we said before. I'm never that excited for anything Marvel, but I'm genuinely excited to sit and like binge watch this. Yep. And like, I don't know if it's um, there's a line in the trailer where someone says to him, "Oh, you're already dead" or something. So I'm assuming it's happening in his mind or. Oh, okay. Yeah. The woman in the car says, "Or." Yeah. No, you're right. I noticed I mean? that so, as well. Yeah. So I don't know if it's like a kind of dream, something like that, when he dies, or yeah. that would make sense. But it would I exactly. But um, no, I'm really looking forward to it just because of how weird it looks. It just looks. I love that kind of going through like the 1950s and the 80s and yeah. It just looks uh, so I, cool. I, I like the uh, in that trailer where it like broke back to like the kind of black and white for a minute and I like a I sitcom like kind that, of thing. Yeah. No, I'm really excited for it and I like uh, Paul Bettany's division. I just like yep. him in general, but he's never really in anything really solid. I don't think. No, he was in the Da Vinci Code. Aye, that's like, like where I first ever noticed him. Aye, aye, and. Uh, Again, not not the biggest role, and it's an okay film, but it's good. Better the first time you watch it. It doesn't get any better with rewatching no. it. And yeah, I think you're right. I think good actor per not per choice, but like gets asked to do the wrong sorts of films. I just kind of average films. Yeah, because um, he's one of the guys you always think he would have been like a huge actor, and he's just never been in anything that. Obviously, he's been in the Marvel films and. Yeah, again, not a massive part. No, came into the came into it pretty late as well. I believe well, he was voice of Jarvis for ages. Yeah, and then he just brought him in as the actor. But kind of maybe know the career you'd think he would have had for. No, he's, when you see him kind of starting out. But I think he's done some theatre stuff though. I'd assume so. I so I think um his focus is on on that as well because I think I think I've seen a few adverts for the National Theatre stuff that View show aye, and he's aye, been in quite a few stuff, things. Aye. He's uh, married to Jennifer Conley from. Well, you've seen in loads of stuff. I think they met on the see the A Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe. Yeah. I think that's where they met, so I was quite surprised to find out they were married recently, actually. Alright. Oh, I couldn't tell you they were married, that's for sure. I don't mean they were married recently, I just found out recently <laughs> they, were, they were married. Um, but aye, so I think just, like, just, just last week. Congratulations, just, mate. Aye, aye. <laughs> that's a good one, aye. Um, but no, um, no I, I never really take any day with her personal lives with celebrities like I don't follow the gossip no, but I just I, found that great yeah, I'm the same I don't keep up with the uh, what you like the tabloid side of being a celebrity no, I don't really care where Jonah Hill gets his coffee I don't aye. really care where people go out shopping and that no I'm the exact same but um, I just thought it was a wee fun bit of trivia because I like Jennifer Connelly yeah. as an actress you know but, um, can do I, you know when it's coming out yet? I don't know when the date is I don't know if they've announced it but um, I wonder if they'll do a full release or it'll be a weekly or if it'll be I hope it's just full release because weekly's I, absolute shit you know, you know it's even worse right it's even worse Amazon did this recently with um, I was watching the uh, All or Nothing kind of season with Tottenham Hotspur aye, aye. they released three 
and then made it a weekly. Aye, my brother was watching you know it and it mean? started coming out weekly. Aye. So I'm like, I'm like balls deep in it, three episodes. <laughs> I've watched, I've binge watched it, I've not even moved off my couch. Then it ends and I'm getting like a bottom right pop up, watch next, some random movie selection. I'm thinking to myself, what? I'll just go back and go back onto it. Oh yeah, next episode next Tuesday. I mean, it was the same, not the same, but Star Trek Picard. I'm not the biggest Star Trek fan, but I do like Next Generation and stuff. And um, I thought I'll give it a chance. But they were releasing that weekly, and the the first two or three were pretty good. And I think it was just to trick everybody into no releasing like really shite reviews for it. Yeah, I think so. Because it starts to get really bad after the third kind of third episode. I swear they they choose strange things to do it with. I mind when uh, Riverdale on Netflix was blowing up and the first season came out in full. I think the second season came out in full. Right. And then they started the third season as, as a weekly. And I'm just sitting there like, that's so strange. Like you can t- People are clearly binging this program. Aye, it's a pain. It's the same way. Better Call Saul was weekly on, yep. on Netflix. And I love Better Call Saul, but maybe I'm just impatient. But I feel like they should just release it. I think, it is, I think it's... I think we are impatient, but they've made us impatient. They then can't try and make us not impatient. Aye. That's the issue. Netflix can't release a good series, bang out like 12 episodes. So that's 12 hours of watching. Okay, Netflix, I'm going to watch it in a day. Don't judge me. Exactly. Like, that's why they were Stranger Things every time it aye, comes out. Exactly. <laughs> Don't give me like hundreds of seasons of stuff to watch, and I'll watch them all in like a day. And then when something good comes out, be like, actually, you have to wait another week. I mean, sometimes you think it's better just to wait till it's all out, just to binge it. But then you forget about it. Aye. And then you don't watch it until like a year after it comes out. Or somebody just spoils something. Oh, aye, exactly. Like it's like folk on like when Game of Thrones was massive, people were like terrified to go on the internet. Aye, America aye. got it like a day before we did. Aye, I so there'd be spoilers. Aye, aye. There's spoilers everywhere. I know. That's I've still not watched any. I've seen bits and pieces of Game of Thrones because like. So much it's been spoiled. I'm like, it's just any point in just yep. sitting down to the whole thing. But and apparently the ending's pretty shit. So yeah, so I'm like, uh, uh, again, I, I watched it all. I know it sounds weird, saying begrudgingly, but I, I never, I didn't really ever care for it. To be honest, I wouldn't ever have said that I really liked it either. But at the time, my sister and my dad were watching it, so whenever it was on in the house, I ended up just, I just sitting, kind of watching night. it. Ended up just getting absorbed into it all. And even though I wasn't enjoying it that much. There was enough to keep me watching it Aye. overall, but um, no, I wasn't. What I, you mean is I, there was enough boobs every ten minutes to keep watching it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I a good boob would a good boob or a decapitation and it keeps you interested. But no, I, I could I could certainly could have missed an episode and jumped back in and not really cared. Aye. So, um, but you might like you might like it and absolutely love it. It's, I think it's on IMDb. It's probably one of the best series ever made, score wise. Aye, probably. So I think. Uh, you could absolutely love it, but well, that's the thing. I know if I like it, I'll just sit and won't have any life because I'll binge the whole thing. And yeah, I just don't know if I'm ready for that right now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just waiting for the uh, just waiting for a full lockdown to come back out, and then I mean that'd have been a perfect time to watch something like Game of Thrones. I just because my dad's kind of, I think he's near the end now. The whole thing because he kind of started a wee bit later. Yeah, and um, I'll go through and he'll be watching bits, and I'm like, right, so this character's just been killed. But I know people die and then come back to life and stuff, and. No, it's, it's more the fact that it, it does like what the Witcher done, oh, right, okay. where it like jumps randomly between different timelines, ah, right, different right. times mm-hmm. in the world. So um, you'll be like, that I seen that character die halfway through last season, but, but it's just like at a... this point is actually before that point. So, ah, right. um, which it, it apparently in the books it plays out really well, but I certainly found it a tad confusing at times in the series right. watching it. I mean, it looks 
things I've seen visual effects why look amazing for a TV show oh exactly I think actually I think it set the record for the most expensive mm-hmm. TV show well, I can see why uh, um, so yeah, some of the some of the battles and some of the um, just the sets themselves are fantastic they, they do build a world really well it just depends if you if you like it or not. Aye, I, I, like I said, I will jump into it at some point. But I've been kind of watching Cobra Kai recently, so once I finish binging that, I'm like yeah. halfway through season two. So see, uh, uh, we spoke about it in the last uh, podcast, and we were sort of, sort of kind of sorting through things that are on Netflix just now. Uh, you started watching Cobra Kai, but I started watching Ratchet instead. Aye. Ratchet, rat, yeah, Ratchet. Ratchet. I thought it, I keep saying Ratchet. Ratchet. Aye, I know, right? Ratchet, with a T aye. at the end. Aye. No, it's definitely Ratchet, like. But um, I had to double check that myself, so I didn't sound like an idiot. Even though I know the character, it's like if they named it something different, or it was confusing me. But I ratchet. So I know you're enjoying Cobra Kai. Hi. Uh, I'm four episodes deep into Ratchet, and I probably should have picked Cobra Kai. I'm not. I'm not loving it. I'm no. not loving it. No. That's the thing. I started Cobra Kai. Like I'd watched the first two, and I was like. I really like this, so I'm going to end up binging it. Yeah. I thought I'll w- watch Ratchet later, but I've just been watching any free time. I've been watching Cobra Kai, so certainly go around, get back. Obviously, again, I'll probably finish up Ratchet and start watching Cobra Kai, and you do the opposite. But I'm not crazy about Ratchet just now. It's, it hasn't hit an episode where it's finally kind of hooked me. It looks like it's quite a heavy watch as well for the kind of subject. I don't know if that's well, the subject. The subjects are always quite heavy in it. Aye. But um, no, it's just uh, I kind of hard to explain. It's just the style of it is really strange. It looks very stylized, I feel. Yeah. Seen. Like there, there are random use of lights and colors that um, they look cool, but they don't actually have the effect I think they're meant to have. Aye. Um, I just feel a bit forced. Or yeah, there's, there's a bit in the first episode where uh, she walks into this random room in the hospital and there's a nurse having sex with somebody, mm-hmm. and then she kind of stares at them for a minute and then. She walks out the room, but then as she walks out the room and she's walking down the corridor, everything goes green. Right. Like a like a kind of dark green. Is she meant to be envious? Is it that? I'm you know, I, I think it literally is that because then it cuts away from that, and then it, mm-hmm. it does it every now and again. Everything goes red. Everything goes blue, and for me, it just I just I'm kind of sitting there like, okay, why? Ah, is it? But it sounds kind of don't know, like David Lynch esque almost. I don't yeah. know, like very. Almost hyper stylized, I don't know, but I've only seen me clips, so obviously I can't say it's a good cast and the acting is good so far. But um, yeah, I, I I will finish it, but hopefully it gets better and hopefully I get more into it because it's just now I'm not gonna lie, I'm I'm not over the over the moon with it. No, I'll, I'll definitely jump in and watch it, but um, I've, I've kind of get caught up in Cobra Kai. It's it's been out for a while. Um, it came out in two thousand. Uh, 18 I think and you, you don't start on YouTube I was just going to say it was like a YouTube Red exclusive um, so it's been around for a wee while and I think it's I don't know if YouTube Red's done now I don't know if it's like been cancelled no, or think, still going um, I keep getting adverts whenever I go on YouTube I keep getting adverts for that new bloody Paris Hilton one they've started oh so right aye they, they are still doing stuff so unless they've just sold it to Netflix but um, aye so I, I think it has been popular for a while and I'm kind of late to the, the party sort of thing but apparently they're getting a season 3 so I'm enjoying it that much. I don't want to finish it. You know what I mean, so I'm kind of okay. trying to pace myself. But um, it's like it's obviously not perfect. It's kind of it's deliberately cheesy at points, like a kind of '80s film. And it's kind of interesting to see the where the characters go. But I was worried it'd be pathetic because they've like dredged up these two actors for oh, '80s and they're still feuding over a karate tournament when they were like teenagers. And you're like, 
but they do it really well. The characters are, are, are kind of developed good, and Johnny, the kind of villain for the, the first film, he's really, they make him really likeable, so that, that, that's a kind of thing I worried about because I saw him in all the promotional stuff, and I'm like, he's like an arsehole in the first yeah. one. How are you going to like him? But you kind of see the things for his perspective almost, and the kind of stuff he went through, and you just sympathise with him, so no, I'm, I'm enjoying what they're doing with it, so. Yeah, like I said, I, I'm definitely going to watch it, but um, we'll just see see when, hopefully, after. I finished watching Ratchet. No, it's definitely good fun. Like, if you want something kind of lighter to watch, but good character stuff as well, I'd, I'd definitely recommend it. Uh, another wee bit of movie news, we've got some Avatar updates. don't know if you're interested in Avatar. Uh, I actually am. You know, I'm not going to lie. I think I, I'll be happy when the the next film comes out. And I think, was it three films they've confirmed? Well, there's another way up to Avatar 5, so that'll be four sequels. Yeah. Again, I'm not mad at it. I yeah the first one is basic and it's a story that we've seen done before and it's a little bit long but it was epic for the time absolutely amazing they've seen it in um 4D at the IMAX and no. absolutely mad absolutely loved it so I've seen it a few times just at home and it doesn't do anything wrong it's not offensive it's it's good to watch and it's still uh, it pulls off that particular storyline pretty well see for me it's um pretty much the same I've only seen it I think I've watched it twice maybe um, obviously in the cinema and then maybe once at home, maybe twice I don't know, just yeah. three times maybe but um, I maybe four times maybe I'm watching it right now I, maybe it's <laughs> in the background, I'm not even admitting it but um, no it's uh, for me it's technically especially for the time it's it's amazing it, it still like, looks good most of it still looks good I, um, it's obviously groundbreaking and you can't take away the kind of technological advancements and stuff and I'm not a big fan of 3D but they did pioneer that technology for that film and stuff which and it worked well because they didn't do the stupid stuff that other 3D films do where they would literally throw a spear at the screen and you're like wow aye so stuff like that and just the kind of advancement like motion capture and stuff like that was I I can appreciate that and see see the scene um, I don't know if you watch Corridor Digital on YouTube but they do like VFX um, they review visual effects for films and stuff it's pretty good Um, there's a scene in that where there's an avatar where they're in like a river or something I can't mind the scene they're like trying to climb up logs or something oh is that when the, the waterfalls I think so I climbing up the uh, the floating rocks oh no it's like not... waterfalls going off the edges of the rocks no I think it's when they jump in the I think they run away from that thing and they, the monster thing they jump in the water oh yeah 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 but like all that water CGI and it's actually it blows my mind that that CGI the way the water moves and stuff I'll, oh, try, really? I'll show you the clip later it's yeah we'll try after this but it's 100% CGI it's just the fact that that's no real water is amazing to me. It's like for 2008, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I think, I, I, in my mind, I'm thinking of the same bit as you. Aye. Again, I, I can't remember how amazing it looks, but... Um, well, that's the thing. It's that good you've probably not even noticed, which yeah. is... Do you know what I mean? I, I'm not that interested in seeing that sequel. I think it kind of worked as its own film, but James Cameron's just like dead set on these four sequels, and it took so long to get to the second one. So, like I say, 2008 for the... Or 2009 for the first one. Well, how long did it actually take, though? Was it like 11 years in the making or something? Something like that, aye. But they've completely finished Avatar 2. Like, it's 100% done, like, ready to be released. Ah. So it's like December 2021, 17th of December, so that's a current release date, but obviously it's been changed already, so so you never know. Do you mean it was December 2020? I think it was 2020, but it's 2021 now, so... Yeah, but they've pushed this date about so much. It's not even with COVID; just in general, the dates have changed so much. So I think the reason why it could work is 
you don't actually need a continuation story. You could just keep having separate whole, adventures. Yeah, right? exactly. Whole uh, individual storylines within this world, and I think that would really work. I think you're right, because um, Jake Sully. Hey, Jake Sully. That's in a kind of French, but they're not French, so <laughs> I, I don't know where he would go with the kind of end of that film, because I think they have cast some of the same people that died in that film, so okay. I don't know if they'll come back the way. So I assume that they're on that big soul tree. Hi, I, I loved the idea of that soul tree thing. Ah, it was cool. Um, in fact, I might have ripped it off for my own script and might have to change it. So it's oh my gosh. So it's no um exposed. So so it's no legally um there's no label label. <laughs> there's no legal implications. You call it the, uh, the the soul shrub. The, sh- the soul shrub. I. It's just a baby one. Do you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's not got like dead babies in it. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> it's just a small tree. So hi, but um, no. Like I say, it's been so long, I don't know if people will be that interested. It's Endgame just kind of beat it in terms of the highest box office ever, but yeah, they were a wee bit sneaky with like a re-release and stuff to kind of beat ex- it. So. Exactly, fucking shady moves by Marvel. So in my mind, it still is the highest grossing film, really, because they didn't... Yep, they didn't as like, an ice, on a standalone fast viewing, yeah. Aye, because they released that cut where it was like extra footage, but it was like pre-vis visual effects and stuff. And yeah. Not even pre-vis, it was like unfinished visual effects and... I don't know. That's a bit shite to me. So it is. It, it is. And um, no, nah, I'd say I'm. I'm with you. I'm. I'm. I'm going with uh, Avatar still. And like I, I say, it's not that I hate one or the other or like one more. It's just I think it's a bit unfair to class that as a part of your box office because it's not the initial box office to me. No. So, aye, I'm on James Cameron's side for this one. <laughs> <laughs> but aye, so they've got. I think his quote said. I'll read you his quote, it's um, The day we deliver Avatar 2, we'll just start working on finishing Avatar 3. Where we are right now, I'm down in New Zealand shooting. We're shooting the remainder of the live action, we've got about 10% left to go. We're 100% complete on Avatar 2 and we're sort of 95% complete on Avatar 3. Mm. So, sounds like they've pretty much got two films near yeah, enough ready I, to go. exactly. So. Sounds like they've been kind of knocking out of the park. So, I mean, if they release them in succession, like pretty close together, it could work, but I just think four sequels, it's so much to... I have no idea what they've spent on this, by the way. It must be massive, it has to be. But like James Cameron's, I think he's probably one of the most financially successful directors. What, as in like, uh, money made back compared to money spent? I think so. Well, I assume so. It's probably someone like... Do you have any stats to back that up, Dave? I had need to look them up, I'm just going by my kind of gut, but... Which is kind of dodgy to begin with. <laughs> no, no. Put you on the spot there. That was unfair. But um, no, I think maybe Steven Spielberg or probably George Lucas with Star Wars. But I think he's definitely in like the top five highest grossing filmmakers ever. He must be. So because yeah. I think he's had Aliens, Avatar, Titanic. Maybe Titanic. Peter Jackson's up there. Probably, probably. But like Titanic was number two highest grossing film. I'm sure. Unless something's beat that. Yeah. So he's had like. What else? They had Aliens, Terminator 2, Terminator. Terminator was a kind of cult hit, though, wasn't he? Like, aye, so he's dead. He must be up there, the kind of box office stuff. So, But no, I'm kind of interested to see, even just technologically, how, how much better it'll look. Because think of the time that's passed for the first Avatar, so... Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um, I, like I said, I don't, think, I don't think we'll put a foot out of place when it comes to that. So, no, I, I said at the start of this, I, I actually got, I am excited for it, and... Certainly, we'll be watching it when it comes out in the cinema. So, um, oh, I'll definitely. Time for it. It's one of the ones you you want to see it in the cinema. Like, yeah. Because I, I definitely made a point to to go see the first one in the cinema. 
even though I was a bit younger, I was like, Dad, we need to go see this because it's like, yeah, it's groundbreaking sort of exactly, thing. Exactly. I mind, I actually, I, I genuinely mind having to get tickets for that. And like, my dad had to go in like the day before and get tickets. And ah, it was crazy. We, actually, we were actually waiting in queues to get into the cinema to get like on the day of our actual showing as well because there wasn't a spare seat. Uh, it was packed out. It was crazy. You don't even see that with some Marvel movies when they came out. I, I started, I seen. Endgame the day after it came out because I didn't go to the midnight screen and, and it wasn't as busy as Avatar was. Well, I saw, I think I saw Endgame the night it came out and it was a later showing and it was still full, but it wasn't, well, not full, but it was pretty close to full capacity. And I've still, but I've still never seen anything as close to Avatar and that was weeks after it came out. Yeah. We're still having any book seats. And yeah. I went to see, um, when I went to see Toy Story 4, Aye. that was like a sold out mm-hmm. uh, screen one at view. So, right. That was pretty massive, but no, I, Avatar was there wasn't a seat in the place. Ah, it's like I say though, I think it'd been it for like two or three weeks at that point. I mean, we're still having to book seats for like a Thursday night at seven o'clock to get any seat. Yeah, it's just mental to think that's how popular it was. But I don't know if that's got something to do with the three D, like folk were going to see this new technology and stuff. No, it, it was the first film that I think did three D justice, and it also then a lot of film piggybacked off the three D kind of hype and. Uh, when they really shouldn't have been 3D. There were some films coming out with like, with, like able to go see it in 3D that you were like, why? I like Man of Steel was 3D. Man of Steel 3D. But God. the thing is, that was like retrofitted to be 3D. It was shot like 2D. It's weird to say 2D because obviously it's not 2D, but yeah. do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think 3D would be technically 4D if you thought about it, I'd assume. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, physics, I don't know. I uh, got a C for physics, so whatever. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, Aye, but people forget as well the uh, 3D ticket prices are much higher, so that obviously contributes to a higher box office and stuff, so that's maybe not getting taken into account. So And like Star Wars as well, Force Awakens, that was 3D. I don't know if Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker I wouldn't be surprised was. if they had the option, but I certainly didn't see them 3D. I've not seen like a 3D option for a wee while for a, a Mine, because it, it, it was so massive. Folk were buying 3D tellies for their house. At the TV in my room's 3D and I've never used the 3D on it. It was like the active shutter glasses like flicker when you wear them. Yeah, yeah. But I tried it, it was like, oh, this is compatible with Sony PlayStation. And I'd play Uncharted and I'm like, this isn't 3D, it just looks blurry. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So it was never like, I'm like, it just looks darker because you get the light loss, that's a problem. Um, yep. I don't know if it's like 40% light loss, I'm not sure. But um, I, it's just never been something I'd be interested in, so don't mind if it goes away, <laughs> to be honest. What, 3D technology? I just 3D oh, in general. Like, yeah, yeah. I'd go out my way to see something in 2D instead of 3D. Yeah. Even if it's, like, optimised for 3D. Um, the only film I felt like, also besides Avatar, like, Gravity, I felt like 3D didn't get in the way of enjoying that experience. I felt like it really added something to it. But, um, I've seen Jurassic World in 4D. Is that when stuff moves about? And... Seat moves, there's, like, spray. There's, oh. like, I. Uh... I'm very against that. It was weird. It wasn't great, to be honest. It's more like, why not go to a theme park if you want to do that? Yeah. Get out of my it cinema. Didn't, it, didn't, it didn't add anything to the film itself, that's for sure. I like if a film's need to spray water in your face, it's to make you excited. <laughs> it's doing something wrong, in my opinion. Do you know what I mean? Depends what film you're watching. Well, that's true. I, that is very true. But I don't know how you get that in your house, do you know what I mean? So. <laughs> it's just like someone hiding behind the couch with every like, spray bottles <laughs> shaking the oh, couch. Man. Imagine. But, um,. No, we'll see. Um, I can't think of any other 3D film I saw that... Maybe Life of Pi, that was quite good in 3D. Oh, that, that would be great. I, I bloody love Life of Pi. 
I like that as well. It's a great film. I'm sitting here bashing 3D and I'm thinking... I think of the films. Then no, that's what you do, though. You, These are films we're, that we're highlighting films that we didn't mind in 3D. So there is some stuff in Life of Pi that does jump out at you, but it did kind of add to that whole. He's like in the water, and you see the depth of the screen and stuff, and yep. kind of worked for me that way. But in general, 3D, if it went away, I I'd be happy with that. But it's the same with the 48 frames per second that kind of died right away with the Hobbit films. Yeah, I mind that they had this massive focus on this was shot like in this way, and I'm not saying I didn't notice it. I just didn't notice it as much as they hyped it up Aye. to be. Well, I went out my way to see it um, in 48 frames per second, and I just thought it looked bad. It looked like a TV show to me. Yeah. It's obviously closer to like 30 frames per second, yeah, yeah. which is a TV show kind of standard. But um, I, I wasn't keen on that at all. I thought it just made everyone look just like a kind of cheap TV show. I don't even think they released the, th- the third one in 48 frames. No. It was obviously filmed in it, but they never released it. I think James Cameron's been trying to get like even higher frame rates. I think Gemini Man was like 60 frames per second. Alright. don't know if you've seen Gemini Man, it's not great, but... What happens in that again? It's the one where Will Smith plays his Oh yeah, self. there's two Will Smiths, yeah. Aye, yeah, two, yeah, yeah. two Will Smiths in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have seen that, yeah. Well, it's better than one Will Smith. Hi. Do you know what I mean? I love Will Smith. Will Smith but squared. They should have called it that, Will Smith squared. <laughs> but um, no, I think that was like released in a kind of higher frame rate, and it's definitely noticeable. Because I've seen it, my dad. He's like, "This looks kind of weird." And I'm like, ah, "It's a higher frame." Rate. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I think it's, I, thought, I didn't see it in cinema though. I seen it like, on aye, telly. On TV. Aye. Because it's the kind of thing if you don't really know much about the kind of technicals behind it, you'd be like, "Why does this look weird?" Sort of thing. But yep. aye. So for me, for films, maybe I'm just being too close-minded but I just don't feel the need to like make things look smoother and like kind of sleeker like that I think films look like films for a reason almost but yeah maybe that's just me so a film we both watched this week on Netflix it's just been released last week was that right oh uh, yeah last was it was it not like the two day uh, the day of wasn't the day of the podcast last week but it was I think it was that week it came out yeah must have been that either Thursday or Friday Aye, I think, I think it, was it was a Friday, a Friday it was a Friday so it was last Friday um, the Devil All The Time. The Devil All The Time. Quite a big cast. Great cast. Tom Holland in the kind of... I'd say the main role, but... Uh, I'd, yeah, he's the main... Oh, it's hard to explain. No, he's, he is probably 60% main. Aye, that's probably a good way to put it. Because obviously there's a younger version of him in it as well, and... Yeah, so probably 60% of the film is Tom Holland as the main character, but there's a good 40% of the film where he's not the main character. And you've got um, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson, right. Bill Skarsgård. He plays a very small part. He plays the, the dad of Tom Holland. He's he's such an underutilised actor. He's, he's the same as like... so good. Similar to like Paul Dano. We've yeah. talked about him before. Don't know if we've talked about him on the show, but um, he's one of the actors. He's just amazing, but he's always kind of in the background. Yeah. And Bill Skarsgård. Obviously, he was... Um, yeah. Aye. So Pennywise, yeah. Pennywise, like, um, obviously under heavy makeup and yeah, stuff, yeah. but... Giant forehead. Hi, I I just feel like he's, he's just never cast in like the biggest role, which is sad because I think he's really really good. He's like very talented. Yeah, we actually had a resurgence of uh, quite funny after we slagged him off in the old guard, but we had uh, what's his name that plays Dudley again. Well, I mean, I defended him. I quite like him. I you, you did as well. I I criticised him because. Uh, I couldn't quite take him. Oh, that role wasn't a very serious role, but I I couldn't take him serious in that I, role. No, that was to be fair, it was a a rubbish role. But um, yeah, I'd forgot he played the 
the guy in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, the guy with no arms and legs. Oh, aye. I'd forgot yeah. about that. Aye. With Liam Neeson. Aye. Yeah. Um, aye, Harry Melling, his name is. Harry Melling, that's it. But he's good in this. He does a good accent. Really good in this. I, I thought he was, um, again, short edition, because maybe only in the film for, for 15 minutes. Aye, kind of cuts back and forward to different yeah. time periods. Um, so I about maybe 15 minutes worth. But um, what, what he was in, he was really good. He plays like a kind of preacher, but... Sinatan preacher. Aye. Kind of, I think they said both him and his brother were like alcoholics, and as his brother ended up in a wheelchair. I actually drank too much. Drank too much, and then. Um, Better stop drinking if it puts you in a wheelchair. Oh, right, <laughs> honestly. Um, quite, quite a good bit with that, where he's. Um, he was like, as a sinner, I was afraid of spiders. And then he's like, pulls uh, the spiders over his head. That annoyed me because it was like really bad CGI spiders. It was, but then uh, it's a hard one to do no, it practically. Is, it is. Unless you have like we Obviously, you could do it, but. I hate the idea like we spiders getting squished and stuff and well that's it exactly like animal animal rights activists would be like oh this is unfair to the spiders uh, <laughs> I suppose for that point of view it's fair then because um, that's, that's how I took it anyway I know that that's a good point because um, I wouldn't like that but it's, I, like it's this, I really like this film overall though I thought this film was a cinema film this film could have been a cinema release in my opinion see I was very I just felt like it was an absolute slog to get through like, really? I I really I don't mean I hated it. I just I just didn't have much love for it overall. Um, oh, that's a tough one. I I loved the, I I really like the style of that kind of. I like the time period it's set in. Aye. Uh, I like the kind of like the kind of southern states at that time period mm-hmm. it's set in. Not the racism, of course, but aye. the uh, just well, the aesthetic of it. Aye. And um, the kind of redneck side of it, and yeah, for me. I think I, I I knew I was gonna like it before I started watching it. Aye. So maybe that did corrupt my kind of watching of it. But no, for me I I, I really really enjoyed it overall. I thought it was great storytelling. I thought it was um good kind of good characters from the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, as in they're not good people. They're all kind of shit people. But aye, they're all pretty bad. Aye, they're all, all just horrible de- degenerates. But aye. um, they they play. The degenerates really well. It's a very dark story, not in terms of the tone. I'd compare it to some like pulp fiction in terms of the kind of intertwining stories, like yeah. arcs and yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. and yeah. that kind of not even like non-linear, but um, some of it is told out of sequence. But it's the idea of these different characters crossing paths for different places and stuff, and yeah. I, I just feel like you're never really invested in the one person. And uh, Sebastian stands in it as well. He plays like a sheriff. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, I the guy that plays he play, plays the Winter Soldier in the yeah. Marvel universe. Um, we should just say spoilers as well, like because we'll mention me things, but he kind of he has a he's pretty he's much got corrupt, like a bit of a dodgy facial prosthetic on. I was going to say, is he put weight on? Or is it no, it's latex, um, it's like... either it's either latex prosthetic or it's like what they did in the Godfather movie and got him to stuff cotton balls in his I mouth. His mouth, aye. Because it's like the just like he's very chubby his, looking. Ah, he's like defined jaws gone. He's got like a really kind of rotund the bottom of his face. It was like um, they done it with Benedict Cumberbatch and oh, what was that film with Johnny Depp where he plays a gangster? Um, oh, what was that? The one for Boston. Yeah. Um, it's pretty bad. What's his name again? He played Whitey Bulger. Um, Johnny Depp played him. Can't remember the name of the film. But he like a yeah. I know the exact film you're talking about. He had the same sort of facial prosthetic. Like, yeah, yeah. He's got a very thin face and it made him kind of chubbier. And but I, I thought that I'm like if they just made him look fatter because he looks. Like he's got a rounder face, but um, I he plays a kind of corrupt sheriff and he works for this kind of 
No, he's lazy kind of mobster. Aye, well, no works him, but I suppose he does work he's for him. He's getting paid, paid off. Aye. It gets to the point he kills him and he's henchman, you're like, aye, I just didn't think that worked. Do you know what I mean? That worked, that worked for me. That worked because um, they had a conversation at one point where he'd busted someone aye. at a nightclub. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the nightclubs that he owns, or whatever. Yeah, he right. owns, and he's kind of basically saying to them, like, he said to, um, he was like, oh, basically, you can't be causing trouble at kind of, don't, I basically stay away from the nightclub. Mm-hmm. And that's when he kind of realized, once they don't have a use for me, Aye. I'm expendable. Right. So that's and he kind of like mind. jumps the gun a wee bit and decides to off them. That, it does, it's quick, and you can easily have, like, not pay attention to it, but. I do get it. I, I understood that why that was happening. Aye, it makes sense for that point of view, I guess. It's just it's just kind of presented that he, this character's been built up to get rid of these two guys and yeah. he just kind of kills them all of a sudden. I'm like, well... The one, one storyline in it that I didn't... Uh, not I didn't enjoy, because it's, 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 it's an okay little storyline, but it didn't fit in for me. It kind of felt like it was put in there for a bit of a shock factor more than anything was the whole storyline with the, the guy who's taking, taking the pictures of his, um, of his missus. I, getting um obviously hooking up with like uh what do you call them hitchhikers? Is it uh, Jason Clark? Is that right? Yeah, I he's been quite he's been quite a few films. I um I like him as an actor. Yeah. Um, I him and his wife they, they basically play his wife's a waitress at first that's how he meets her. Yeah, well the, his his wife and Tom Holland's Tom uh, Holland's character's mum work in the same diner together. And that's where Bill Skarsgård meets. Yeah. Aye, so. That's what we're saying about kind of intertwined. They, they all kind of meet at the same places, and the intertwining works. It does, in my opinion. I, I quite th- like the way they cross paths without actually knowing each other. I see. I, f- I felt like it was a wee bit forced, but um, I don't know if it's just because I've struggled with the whole film. I don't know. But uh, he's basically a photographer, and I, d- I don't think they're married. Are they married in it? I think they are. I think they so are. So he marries his, he marries his, he marries his waitress, and they, they turn into a serial killer couple, I suppose. Yeah, and she's she's definitely in into it at the start, but then you get get the kind of I kind of vibe and you see it through her that she's not so into it anymore Aye. but at the same time well she tries to leave him at one point but doesn't uh, leave she's about stuff. to leave him at one point Aye. and then she decides to stay and then towards the end of the film again this is obviously spoiler heavy but Aye. towards the end of the film uh, Tom Holland's character's in the car and she has the chance to because Tom Holland's shot the husband because he sees cause him he, like he get the gun in his yeah, pocket he's, he's, he's got the gun so he shoots him and she's got the chance. That's it. She's essentially free, mm-hmm. but she decides to pull the gun on Tom Holland, and then Aye. she would have killed him because it's blank. The gun, she fired the gun. She fired the gun, and it's it was either blank, so that it's not loaded. Aye, Jason Clark, because she was acting weird, they like took the bullets and swapped them for blanks. That's it. Because he thought that she's acting a bit dodgy, so just in so, case she tried to shoot him or something. So it's a weird one because you start to think oh, she doesn't want to be in, in this anymore, and you start to think maybe she's not the worst but then she would have killed Tom Holland's character even though there was actually no real need to Aye, I think that's what they were going for with the kind of tone and stuff or the theme rather yeah. that um, she kind of had to be killed sort of thing because she was just bad either way Aye. I think this, so there was no like doubt about the fact that he killed her because like if he'd shot her and she was um, going to kind of show any sort of empathy towards him folk would have been like oh well Tom Holland's bad because he killed her sort of thing so yeah. I think that was the kind of point of that but it does feel a wee bit out of place considering she was considering leaving him sort of thing so no, I, I, overall I, I did like it I've seen a lot of criticism on 
Robert Patterson. Robert His Patterson. accent. I don't see any issue with that. I at didn't all. either. I didn't understand. I, I I'd read the kind of criticism before I'd actually seen the film because it wasn't spoilers. It was just kind of they were just kind of critiquing his role in the film. And after watching it, I didn't quite understand where they were coming from. I thought, I thought he was really good in it. Actually, yeah, I right. actually thought his character overall was really. He plays a total sleazy preacher. Mm-hmm. He just total scumbag. Aye, like the worst sort of scumbag. He just takes advantage of young girls who are kind of that's it, kind of lost or whatever. And yeah, and then shockingly, shockingly realised that he actually um, knocks up Tom Holland's sister's like, Tom Holland's character's right. sister, uh, stepsister. That's Aye. it. And um, obviously, back in them days, the, like preachers were like doctors. People would, uh, took their word for everything. Aye. And so she she's kind of caught in two minds, where she's like, the only way I can get out of this is to kill herself. And she does have a moment of changing her mind, but just shows you like how how much power they kind of had. And aye, aye. How much he could get away with because of the position that he's in. Aye. It's, that that whole storyline for me was really really good, think, really dark, quite depressing, but a good, really well pulled off. I think that was the kind of that's my, my favourite. I'd say <laughs> it's bad to see your favourite. You, you feel bad saying that's the best part. I <laughs> I think that was the kind of best told part of the film. That's weird. There's a Gemini Man trailer coming up on the on the screen, even though it's been out for like two years. You're saying that's your favourite part of the film. Aye. So um, the, the kind of Robert Pattinson, Tom Holland's stepsister storyline. That's that is my favourite. But I think that's the best told and the, the kind of best fleshed out part. That whole bit where the, the, the dynamic between Tom Holland and his stepsister aye, and aye. the bullies at school and the preacher that whole that that works incredibly well. That could have almost just been a whole film in itself. That's what kind of annoys me because I, I feel like the focus is all kind of over the place and characters don't get obviously it's was it two hours fifteen? No, Aye, it's two hours fifteen of actual film, but that I think it's like two hours twenty four of right. overall. So obviously it's a lot to cram in, even that amount of time. But I think because you're all over the place, you don't really get invested enough. Obviously they are all bad people, but you don't get invested enough in the characters to kind of care about where the kind of story arcs go and stuff like that. Apart from that, Tom Holland, um, Robert Pattinson story. Cause that that goes, was great. That that kind of standoff bit in the church for me was I, really like, well done. That works great acting the, on both sides. Because I mean, Tom Holland, like we say, is the, the kind of main, I wouldn't say I suppose he is the protagonist, but because it's kind of following his story through the way all these people cross paths with him and stuff. But yeah. the, the, the thing with Robert Pattinson, because it affects him so personally, because it is his stepsister and stuff, I just think if they'd spent more time in that, it just worked a wee bit better for me. Yeah. I, I, I like the... um. I did like the evolution of like how he obviously it kind of became his father a little bit, even though his father was again he thought he was doing what was right, but he was a total scumbag. Aye. Um, kills his dog, which was just heartbreaking. That bit in the film, I think that's I hated what, that. That's probably put me in a bad mood for the whole film because I was not in a bad mood, but I was like ugh, dead sad. Yeah, anything like that's just well, I'm talking about spiders getting squished for annoying me so much. Aye, true. Now that bit, that even even I was like, oh, see when he killed the dog, I was, I, I genuinely did have a wee moment where I was like, that kind of sucks. Aye, it's, it just, that's what I say, maybe I was just not really, not the best mood to be watching it, but um, I just felt like it was so hard to get through. Um, it's not something I could rewatch easily. Yeah, I reckon I, I reckon I could, but I actually reckon I, I, I would probably break it down. Right, okay. I reckon I could watch like I could watch it in like two halves essentially. Mm-hmm. Um. I'd say it almost kind of has a natural feel to it that you could watch up to the point where Tom Holland is like kind of like six to seventeen maybe, and uh, then you could 
watch the kind of second half of the film on a second viewing and I, I think unlike the Godfather unlike my Godfather unlike the Irishman Aye. Um, I think this film would work watching it in two parts right Aye. No, especially because it is, it is so heavy mm-hmm. it is it's a heavy watch there's there's not much there is zero percent happiness in this movie well even at the end it's he's pretty much on the run for Aye. everybody so I, I actually I actually looked up at the end to see like who he ended up in that bloody car with because I was like see if they're hinting that like, he's going to get offed Aye. when he falls asleep I was like oh my gosh but Aye. Um, nothing really came up when I searched that so is it based on any sort of true thing or is it just I don't know I, I didn't look I didn't look that up but I don't think so I think it's just pure Aye. storytelling what's this town called um, Knock Him Hard or something no um I uh, knock him hard. Uh, like, I don't know if that's made up, but nah. I, see, I, I've seen a lot of films like this, and these wee towns are called daft weird shit stuff. like that. Yeah, I suppose if it's weird, like hillbilly country, probably. Yeah, probably it's called something. Like I was that, talking so. to um, I was. I see. I, I, I like the style of film, and I like it because it's my dad likes that style of film. So I grew up watching a lot of films like this. So I recommend it to my dad, and he was he was a wee bit like half and half on whether he was going to watch it or not. Aye. And I said it's quite similar in feeling to the film Lawless oh, right, okay. with Tom Hardy aye, and Shia LaBeouf mm-hmm. uh, so yeah if if you're kind of on the fence about watching it it's a bit similar to that but a lot darker than that aye I think that is my like I said I don't mind something being dark but I, I wouldn't say it's needlessly dark but it's just so depressing do you know what I mean? like, like, like The Revenant aye, you're the, just the, like fucking what's going to happen to them next like, aye The Revenant's quite it's a hard watch, but it's no as um. It doesn't like suck the soul at you. Do you know what I mean? like, yeah, this this just kind of highlights how shit people can be. Aye, and it's just it's pretty ruthless, and it's the first time in a while I've been kind of some gory's happened. I've been like, ooh, I felt a bit off by it. Yeah. Usually, kind of see when he stabs um his wife with a screwdriver. Aye. the preacher in the throat. Out of nowhere, aye. so fast. Like usually, like you knew he was going to kill her, obviously. Aye. But. But usually, like in those sorts of scenes, they'd come up behind them, and you, and you'd see the blade. And it might even be a bit of a struggle. Nah, he's just like bam, straight in the neck. Aye. Fuck, you don't even see it coming. It, it took me by honestly, it took me by surprise. Aye, like um, I Harry Melling, he's the kind of preacher. Um, basically, he says he's received word for God to kill his wife and resurrect her. Because he locked he... himself in a cupboard for two weeks because <laughs> he got bit by one of them spiders. And his head turned the size of a pumpkin. Said, yeah. So. Aye, so um, he's he's convinced himself. He's been told by God to do this, and there's like voiceover throughout the whole film. And he's like, I think before it happens, he says something like, "It was the last time our daughter saw her mother, or something." And so you know she's going to die, but um, it's just the way it comes out of nowhere, the way he stabs her. You know it's like coming, but it's a kind of sound design and the the way he just kind of stabs and pulls it away. And for him, it's just like it's fine because he knows that she's coming back to life, but obviously she does. Think so I actually, uh, I actually wrote a little review for IMDB about this film. Oh, did you? Yeah, I like I like writing reviews on IMDB when I book films I've seen. So uh, it just popped into my head there. So I went back and found my um, contributions. So I put, um, at the hands of an all-star cast, these stories of sin and misery are told in a harrowing way, which is a treat for the audience. Tom Holland shines especially bright in this role, showing his true potential away from the Marvel role he is known for. Robert Patterson's ungodly creature was well-wrote, but Patterson's performance was a tad bland and unconvincing. Overall, this feels like a highlight of Netflix's catalogue of films, and well worth investing in the two-hour plus runtime. That was my kind of short review. I like keeping them like that. I don't like doing spoilers in my IMDb reviews. 
No, it's, it works a nice wee CV for anybody who wants to hire you as a, a film critic. That's it, exactly. Aye. Just go check out my, uh, my catalogue of IMDb reviews. Aye. No, that's good. Um, I think I think you've obviously enjoyed it a bit more than me, but like I said, I just don't think I could put myself through it again. It's not as if it's like, it's not like horrifically disturbing or anything. It's just pretty hard to get through, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, I think um, I, I, I actually agree that it's Aye. disturbing and it can be quite hard to get through, but I enjoyed that, and I think that was right. actually the purpose. I think that's. I know. I I would agree with you with that. I. So, my favorite time. What would you score it? For... I'd get like a wee theme tune made up for <laughs> like score of the week or whatever. I don't know. I think it's fun. No, we could try some. I. But for me, I, I gave it a four out of ten. Four out of ten. I was super super high. I on. On IMDb, I gave it a seven. That was like right after watching it. I wrote that review, right, okay. so I'd probably say I'm at a six point five just now. But um, yeah, six point five slash seven for me. I I did I got a lot out of it. I really enjoyed it. I thought I, I do I, I like these. I like a slow story that's progressive and it feels like you're on a bit of a journey with the characters and Aye. I I do I I like it. it kind of speaks to me although it's a much nicer film the film green book kind of kind of this is a, a nice big story and this has the same kind of feeling for me but obviously totally different tones but hey yeah it just it just worked for me I, I, I did like it no i think maybe i would feel different on a rewatch but i'm not making a mood to watch it <laughs> really no, like I, 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 I can totally see why i can because Again, am I going to rewatch it in the next year? Probably not. Aye. But I know it's a film that I I could rewatch. Like similar to what you said, I did like I love that style, like that time period and stuff, and the cinematography and things like that. But um, for me, it is the kind of technical things surpass the the storytelling for me. So yeah, it did look nice, especially the final shootout in the forest looked great. Aye, it's kind of like grainy. Like um, I'd assume it's filmed on digital, but it's very film yeah. film looking. So. I not everything like that I liked apart from some weird CGI like a did the CGI dog that was dead that looked kind of weird when it yeah. was up in the cross yeah I, I noticed that as well um, you only see it for a glimpse when he shines a torch on it but that glimpse is still pretty shite and you could just hang up like a bit of meat or something like, ah exactly you know I mean? yeah no, no that way I see a dead dog but I know <laughs> it's just it's very distracting looking give me dead dogs Hi, dead dogs um, <laughs> and uh, I so just wee things like that I don't know if it's a budget thing or whatever because it's always a huge cast and big big cast and like Mia was an, I always got a second name I can never pronounce it she was in like um, Alice in Wonderland and the blonde hair she plays Harry Mellon's wife is what Waskowska I don't know oh uh, Waskowski is it Waskowski it ends in S O W S K A you know what I mean the girl with the yeah, blonde yeah, hair I, I, yeah I do she's in loads of stuff like I really like her but I feel like she's just she's hardly in the film and she obviously gets killed pretty early on. But, yeah. So I was kind of disappointed she didn't have much of a part, but that was kind of sad to me. But no, I like her. I did. Netflix has been a mixed bag this week. Have you? So did you watch Enola Holmes? I did. Well, I watched the first half and I fell asleep, unfortunately, because I was very tired. But um, is it because you're very tired, or because the film is very boring? Well, the thing is, I feel bad for taking the piss out of it before I'd even seen it in the was it the second podcast we spoke about. No, it, it was last week. It was last week. Was it last week? Um. Like I say, it's no. From what I seen, it's not as bad as what I expected. But there's there a few things I didn't like. I gave it. it a preliminary score last week of four and a half to five, 
and I am right on the money for me. Aye. For me, it is a four and a half for me. I just found this film so boring. Aye. From what I've seen, I, I gave it a 5.5, but I need to watch. So yeah. It's unfair for me to score it at this point, but it was much better than I anticipated. So Yeah, I'm not going to ruin it for you, and we'll talk about it next week when you've seen the full thing. Aye. But, um, yeah, I, you can get a feel for my overall impression of the film. I just wasn't didn't love it so from like didn't hate it either but didn't love it that's the thing like I started watching it genuinely was because I was I'd just finished work at like 9 o'clock and came in and thought I'll try and watch this and fell asleep but um, I just I didn't hate anything in it um, I got it at 9 and you were like oh is that is that 10 o'clock oh I can't after my bed <laughs> me I'm a grafter at work do you know ah, what I mean I'm running, right. about, I'm running about all day so. see if I got in at 9 I, I wouldn't be able to fall asleep till about 1 well aye I suppose that's true but um I, I'm just a tired boy, do you know what I mean? I do a lot of sleep. Um, no, like, for what I've seen, these are all really old trailers that are in the background. I've noticed that as well. But, um, I, nothing I hated. I felt like it kind of, from what I've seen, I like the fact that she's, uh, Millie Bobby Brown's obviously amazing in it. She's never bad in anything. Um, I just, I'm not keen on the whole fourth wall breaking thing. No, it doesn't work. I, I, I don't understand. I, they do it more and more, like, I, not, that's not ruining it for you because you've already seen I how much a lot, they do right? it. It, it it just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I never like it in anything really. Um, there's you, actually a bit that you might not have seen yet, but there's a bit where she turns the camera and she's like, "Well, have you got any ideas?" Oh, and then no. just stares. And I was just sitting there. Is it how, door of the Explorer? Hi, like exactly. I was just like, no. I was like, this sucks. That's that's the thing. Like even really really famous films like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Even for that film, it's like. Doesn't really work for me in that either. Even though it's, I don't dislike that film. I do, I do like it, but Deadpool just about pulls it off because of the how comedy. It is, aye. But even then, I'm still just not a fan of it overall. Aye, I think something like Deadpool, where it is really quirky like that, it kind of works. in... obviously, it's a very meta film, so they're talking about actors within the franchise they're in and stuff, and so it can work for something as goofy as that. But I can, I do struggle with it, especially in this kind of film yeah absolutely I it's, it's just something that I didn't I, I felt ne- didn't need to be in there aye but the cast is good Henry Cavill is okay in it and uh, Millie Boy Brown is um you can tell she's, she really enjoyed herself aye. I'm not I'm not saying she was amazing but um I've read recently after watching it that she actually thoroughly loved filming it and aye. she actually wants to do a few more of these so hey that's a good thing passionate about a project is always a good thing I mean I'm sure when she checked her bank statement she definitely wanted to sign on for another two so oh she's probably sitting there going like oh, I can see myself doing another two or three another of these two, three. Yeah, Netflix uh, is a good pair no I'm just being <laughs> cynical but I always like her and stuff I've never seen her anything I've not thought she's good yeah I do I'll be interested to see how her career progresses but yeah I I like her that's the thing with child actors like obviously she's I don't know who she is now but um, I think she's just 18 because I know big Drake was being a big pedo bastard and trying uh, to fire in about that oof, so I, I know heard about that. dodgy I as fuck I had no idea if it was true but I was like eh. ah it was true sending out gifts and all that sort of stuff heavy fucking suspect in my opinion I thought she was younger than that but um uh, I'll tell you now is she not like 14 or something no but like I'm saying anyway no so she's 17 17 so like we um Stranger Things obviously she was much younger and with child actors it's always they're either amazing or they're absolutely horrific 
I've always just thought she's been really good, and obviously she's just going to get better, I assume. So I think I don't think there's anybody in Stranger Things that was bad to get that. Like, no, that's one thing that I you ha- I, you can't really criticise in Stranger Things. The casting and the acting itself is unbelievable. It's so good. So it's good to see her kind of in some. She's the the main part. Obviously, she was in Godzilla, but it wasn't like the main focus was on her. No, anything, but I liked so. her in that Godzilla movie as well. I like. I think she's very. I see people are natural actors all the time but she genuinely is very natural she seems to yeah she doesn't seem to you never feel like she's acting sort of thing so and Stranger Things was a really good breakout role though oh I so. definitely I so I think I'd like to see all the people for that cast like the younger cast do their own thing yeah um, well we've got um Ghost, uh, new Ghostbusters coming out with aye. Um, Finn Wolfhart Finn Wolfhart and then aye. we've also had uh, was it du- Dustin's character from Stranger Things he's had his own kind of weird um, game show on Netflix. Oh, has he? About, I, it's like pranking, not pranking folks, like scaring folk. They oh, set, right, they set yeah. up these weird I've not seen scenarios. That. It's actually okay. It's it's just okay. But, um, yeah, they're all kind of going off and doing their own things. Oh, that's good. It's, you always get that, even with things like Star Wars, there's one or two who do the best, so I think it probably is going to be Finn Wolfhart and Millie Bobby Brown who kind of yeah. are the most successful, but I know it's, it's good to see and, just in New Mutants. New Mutants. Oh, aye, that's true, actually. I Charlie Heaton. He is yeah. a wee bit older, I suppose, but... Still, though, I mean, um, didn't really see him in anything big before I Stranger Things. He get him busted for, like, drugs and... He did, aye. LA airport. It was ages ago, but apparently it was just trace amounts, so I think they kind of blew it out of proportions. But yeah. So he could have bumped in a big bag of cocaine. <laughs> tons, of, tons of trace amounts on his $5 bill. <laughs> Ah, he, I don't know how this got here. I don't think he's using five dollar bills. He's got. He must have some decent residuals for. I don't know, Dave. Things. What do you use? I mean, usually twenty. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry, mom. Aye. I don't actually. Don't worry. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm being serious. I don't. Don't Aye, worry. No. <laughs> oh, I've got. Wait, I didn't know sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went quite. Um, I didn't go too heavy with the sound effects last week. I was disappointed only to. Ah, I, I, I thought I thought it was still good. I'll, I'll break them out this week. Don't worry. Aye. No matter what, I'll put a fart sound in. Like <laughs> even if it's unwarranted, I'll put one. <laughs> Why not? So what else have you watched this week or over the weekend or whatever? Well, it's been on Netflix for a while, but um, I rewatched Steve Jobs, the Michael Fassbender. Yep. Film, the biopic. I really like that film. I I, I like it as well. It's I just think it's really well directed, really well written, it's Aaron Sorkin the screenwriter, he's kind of well known for being amazing at writing dialogue and stuff and yeah. I like it when a film can take a character that's, I, I think scumbag's a bit kind of heavy handed no, but, but you're right, it's it's just showing you the what the person was actually like aye. and still making it kind of intriguing to watch without feeling like, yeah. I hate this, you obviously don't like the guy like Steve Jobs in general, he's no someone I'd Obviously, kind of pushed the boundaries with stuff and things like that, but he was never, never portrayed as a nice guy. I don't think by anybody really. So yeah, but as long as you tell the story well and um, it's interesting, it works. Like the the founder, Hi. the social network. These again, the, the the protagonists in these films are not good people. Aye, but it's such an kind of interesting story and to see the behind the scenes because obviously everyone knows who Steve Jobs is Aye. but you get to see more kind of detail of what, what he was like or I, I've seen it uh, only the once actually, Steve Jobs Aye. Like, I think it's maybe one of my favourite Danny Boyle films like, yeah. just, I like um, 
obviously everybody loves train spotting. I don't dislike train spotting. I just think it's good. I'm not like taken by it as as much as other people seem to no, be. No, I I don't understand the hype train. People absolutely love train spotting, and I think it's proper okay. I I think I watched it when I was like nineteen, so I and don't know. The first, second one's not very good. It's fine. It's no no the best. It's no terrible, but like I said, I think it was. I think all my pals watched it when they were like 16, 17 they were like this is the best thing ever and I was like maybe 19 I was like ah, it's good and they're like what do you mean it's good and I'm like well it's fine I just don't yeah. it's not that I don't like it it's a good film but it's not something I want to rewatch like three times a year or, or something <laughs> I mean people seem to be obsessed with it I don't know what the obsession with heroin addicts in Edinburgh is like do you know what I mean I just don't really it's not as if it's something I can connect to or no. do you know what I mean I'm a heroin addict in Wishy no no, no <laughs> exactly at least speak more to my audience call me Wishy like no I'm kidding I think it's a kind of just the way Danny Boyle directs it and the, the, the scene where they're in the, the corridor and he's talking about the I forget what it's one of the NASA projects how they launched it in space without the technology to bring it back and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like projected on the wall and you're seeing this archival footage, just stuff like that's really like well done, I think, and the soundtrack's really good and there's nothing about it I don't like. Like I was talking to my dad about it and he really struggled with the film. He's like, I just don't like this guy, he just bullies everybody. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I I get that, but I just like watching it. And he's like, how do you like watching that? And I'm like, no, it's just interesting to see somebody like that being so successful and for the way you see it, you just kind of piggybacked off everybody else to make yourself a success sort of thing exactly well that I agree with that I just think it's that's the founder aye it's the same as the founder aye um, I, I just see it as an interesting character and to me that's what's a good film like a compelling character so yeah no it's uh, like I said I've only seen it the once but I, I do remember I did like it aye no I'd, I'd highly recommend it that's twice I've watched it now and they tell it in kind of like vignettes almost like it goes from from like um, the launch of the is it the Mac 2 they had, um, or the first iMac, I don't know, or yeah. the Apple II, I don't know. No, I think they went for the Apple II to the Mac, and Steve Jobs was like, the Mac's going to like revolutionise computing, it just absolutely bombed in terms of the sales and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the Apple Mac, yeah. Aye, and then he left the company and started developing his own computer, it was like, um, I was going to say Black Box, it was called Next, but it was, his company was called Next, and they built this box, but he knew Apple would buy the operating system off him or something, so that's how you get back into Apple and stuff, so... yeah. Each part of the story is told, started like a product launch, so he's like just about to launch a new product and that's where all these people are coming to talk to him and stuff and it's a smart way to kind of progress the story without it feeling very kind of by the numbers, like oh, this is him when he went to college and this is him when he founded Apple and they just they do flashbacks and stuff and I, I just think it's a really smart script and yeah, I think it's an enjoyable watch. Aye? So, no, I'll, I'll, you said it's on Netflix there so I'll definitely go back and watch it again. No, I just think that if it's told well, the character doesn't have to be likable. That's the, that's the thing. Like we're too used to movies that play it safe, and you want to kind of you root for the main character all the time. Aye. But as long as the story itself is solid, and that's the thing. The kind of that's more like an issue. They try and the last maybe twenty minutes to try and redeem his whole character by having this kind of reunion with his daughter and stuff. And okay. I think that kind of happened in real life, but no, it cheapens it a little bit. Just a wee bit. I um. It's not like a total seller because he's still the person he is, but you kind of see a wee bit more into the way he views things and why he is the way he is sort of thing. And obviously it's hard to know if that's what the guy was actually like. I don't know who they've spoke yeah. to to kind of get that, that background. But well, I haven't really read anything or seen anything about anyone speaking out being like, they got this so wrong, so I think it's safe to say it's a I mean, somewhat I, accurate representation. I have no read about 
I don't know if they worked with his daughter to kind of develop a story or something, I'm not sure, but um, I imagine they'd need to get kind of permission to use the Apple logos and stuff. And So I assume it's as accurate as they, they kind of can be. Um, yeah, I think so. And I don't imagine all these things happened before a product launch. I think they've took a lot of creative license with that aspect, but yeah, it all works really well. Like, And it's kind of it made me go back and actually read about the guy and stuff he did and things like that, so i definitely recommend it. Um, I went on a wee bit of a... Uh, Sheila LaBeouf kind of day. <laughs> I oh, watched right. um, I watched Peanut Butter Falcon, and then straight after it, I watched The Company You Keep. Ah, right. So totally different films. That's <laughs> from the start, but um, Peanut Butter Falcon's been on my list for a while now. I'm the same. I still no get around to seeing it, but it was. I wanted to see it before Netflix added it, and now that Netflix added it, I can watch it. I probably will end up watching it two or three times because I flipping loved it. I thought it was so good, such a good story really heartwarming in points um kind of opposite of steve jobs a character who starts off a little bit kind of rough and you think oh, i'm not really like he's a bit of a scumbag and then you totally wins you over okay. and no just really good just it's really good use of comedy as well subject matter that um that I, a lot of people will kind of shy away from right. kind of will set a bit up about i think the, i think he's called max the um main character who he's got down syndrome right, okay. and he's living in like an old person's retirement home because oh, yeah. his family kind of given him up and that's the only place the state can put him because obviously the state have um a license of care there they have to kind of care for him so him and his we roommate devise a plan for him to escape because he wants to be a oh, wrestler right. oh, a yeah. professional wrestler and um it's just really funny because obviously the actor that plays max actually has down syndrome it's not like Aye, aye. Um, I quite like the fact that they actually got someone who has Down syndrome and obviously plays the character fantastic. And so the, the use of comedy is brilliant. It's really, really good because um, it's just dead nice. It just makes you feel dead nice because like Sheila Booth's character, he like is stealing like crab pots at the start and he sets a dock on fire because these guys beat him up. And uh, but you think oh he's a bit of a scumbag. But not once does he even acknowledge the fact that Max has Down Syndrome, he just sees him as like this able-bodied person, treats him with like total yeah, like, no kinda, respect uh, it's, it's it's just really nice, it is really really good uh, Is it what's her name again? Is it Dakota Fanning? She was in Fifty Shades is that her name? Dakota something Aye, aye, oh wait She's, is it, no is it not Dakota Johnson? Dakota Johnson that's aye, it. Aye Fanning's the uh, she's in loads of stuff she's Ellie Fanning's sister Yes, yeah. She was in uh, Johnson. I'm thinking aye. of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's her most recent thing. Yes, I think. yeah, 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 yeah. Aye. Um, I but Dakota Johnson, she plays um the kind of carer who goes after Max when he runs away, right, okay. and she ends up getting kind of embroiled in their adventure, and Sheila just takes it upon himself to be Max's kind of helper, and kind of brings him down to Florida to go to this wrestling school that he's always dreamed to go into. It's just solid. I loved it. Got a uh, really feel good just a great film have you got a score for that at all uh yeah i actually it caught me in a good mood uh, i was I, I was already in a kind of upbeat hot kind of good mood and i ended up giving this like an eight, an eight. I, yeah i again referencing <laughs> back to my imdb review i'm just gonna check because i i gave you give it a score in your imdb but i barely certain i gave it an eight i'm gonna have to check this out i might watch it today actually later on yeah, I, I honestly, I, yeah, Peanut Butter Falcon, I, yeah, I gave it an 8. I gave, um, my wee kind of review was, the Peanut Butter Falcon blends 
subtle comedy and great storytelling seamlessly and is by far one of Shieldview's greatest roles. The story of a runaway man with Down syndrome who finds meaning in a new in a new unpardoned lust for life when he meets a down in his luck crab fisherman slash part time lawbreaker. Um, a more adult and real version of the film, The Fundamentals of Caring. I really can't recommend this film enough. Good eloquence, James. I, I know, right? Uh, how how well written for uh, for for myself. But uh, no, I I loved it, and uh, I think everyone would get something out of this film. So no, definitely. I think it's on my list on Netflix anyway, so yeah, on my watch list, so I'll definitely watch it. And then the second film I watched, uh, The Company You Keep. Sheila Booth plays a lawyer at like a local newspaper right, who okay. um, catches onto a big case that's going on where they found this woman who was a member of a terrorist cell who was anti-government back in the seventies in America. She was anti-Vietnam uh, War or sixties, right. sorry, seventies. And um, and basically, there's like a group of them who are part of this terrorist cell, and they've been on the FBI's most wanted list for like obviously like forty years. Aye, aye. And um, one of them gets caught, and then the string starts to unravel, and they start to kind of connect the dots and start to find people. Like Sheila Booth's like a nobody working at this paper, and he somehow manages to kind of kind of catch on to the string and starts to find the people that are involved. And it comes a story of it comes a bit of like a moral story. It's it's actually it was really really good. It's got a a pretty massive cast as well. I'm just gonna get the cast list up because is that on Netflix as well? Though? That's on Amazon. Amazon. That isn't on Netflix. Um, it came out in 2012. The film. Uh, I can't believe I hadn't seen it before. So the the cast is Robert Redford, uh, Stanley Tucci, Nick Nolte, uh, Sheila Booth, Julie Christie, Susan Sarandon, Chris Cooper, um, Terence Howard. Aye, I like Terence Howard. Uh, um, who else is in it? Uh, Brendan Gleeson's in it. Oh really? Uh, it's, it's I think a, I remember this coming out actually. Massive cast, honestly, and it's really good. I I did I liked it. Um, it's obviously totally different to Peanut Butter Falcon, but it's again another kind of Sheila Booth really well pulled off performance. I'm a big fan of Sheila Booth, so I like him as well. I've I've always um, liked him and stuff. Um, I know people are kind of funny about him. I know he's a bit weird in real life, but like we've said before, the weirdest people always seem to make the best actors. So. Yeah, uh, I know he's got the um, he's got a new movie coming out called The Tax Collector. Oh really? And he plays like a a mobster, like a again like a collector for the mob. But, um, I've seen the trailer for that actually. I think, I think the trailer looks amazing. It does look good. Though. Initial reviews came out and people were saying that Sheila Booth's performance is the best thing to take from this film. Aye. As in the film's not very good, but Sheila Booth shines in it. Which um, again, I'm still to watch it myself. So, but it's good to know that he's he's pretty solid in everything he does. Would you have a score for that? For the company you keep. Aye. Um, probably a six point five. Six point five. Yeah. It's good. It's a bit. The pacing is a bit off, and a little bit of the storyline at the end it feels a little bit tacked on. Even though I do believe it's based on a true story, so um, it's a bit weird they threw it in the last minute. But there's a there's a reconnection at the end that you that gets brought up, and you're like, oh, really? Okay. Aye. But um, I'll keep that a surprise because there's a wee bit of a twist at the end. But I would recommend watching both those films. Aye, I'll definitely check them out. But, um, especially Peanut Butter Falcon. I would say that is. Just an all-round great feel-good movie. I take it that's his wrestler name, is that? Yeah, is that right? Falcon. I was yeah. kind of wondering why it was called that, because I like the name, that's what kind of drew me to the yeah, thing first. Day. That was it, so um, it kind of comes about, because uh, again, Sheila Booth's like, so what's your wrestling name? And Aye. Max is like, I don't have a wrestling name. 
and so she was like you gotta have a wrestling name man and he's like Falcon Aye. and then so like no, Sheila Booth suggests Falcon Aye. and he gets like these big kind of tree branches and puts some wings on his back oh, and he's like, 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 like the kind of wrestler get up but like the only thing that, the only thing they have with them for food is just this giant jar of peanut butter Aye. so <laughs> and Max is obsessed with peanut butter Aye. so he's like the peanut butter Falcon and it's, it's, it's great it just feels dead natural and fun and I I got a lot from it I think just talk about it now I think I'll probably end up watching it again tonight as I say, a good film, we just want to rewatch it instantly. I think that's, I didn't score Steve Jobs, but I'd give it, um, I think I'd give that 8.5. 8.5? I'm pretty high on that one. That's that's good, that's a really good rating. Like I say, that's a kind of, even though he's not the best person, it's, it's hard to say it's a feel-good film, but I think Danny Boyle does kind of elevate it and make it quite ethereal's not the right word if you see the very end then you'll know what I mean because he's like see when he's walking across the stage with the lights and stuff and the okay, music yeah. I, I, I don't know it's just I just connected quite well to it I think so yeah it's an 8.5 no certainly um, it's been a pretty pretty damn good week watching films another special mention that um, <laughs> it's a bit of a weird one but um, I'm going to mention it anyway because I like it so much I went back and I rewatched all three Kung Fu Pandas because I bloody love Kung Fu Pandas I've only watched the first one I've not oh, seen the rest. Actually missing, like, the second one is actually the best of the Is it the three. best one? I've heard the whole trilogy is surprisingly good, but... The second one is the best of the three, 100%. It's so, so good. I just remember the first one. Is that when he breaks the jar with the souls in it or something? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember. He's, like, running... Like, there's a bit where he finally goes into the big kind of temple where they, they train the martial arts, and he's like, oh, the, the sword of a thousand cuts, and then he runs across, and he's like... The jar of such and such. It's, it's said to contain all ten thousand souls of the this army, and it knocks it over. And the jar's like, ah. I, I just remember finding that <laughs> hilarious when I was younger. I, I no, honestly, the second one is on Netflix. I, I, I honestly, it's so so good. Aye, I need to watch it because um, I suppose if you just see clips, you're like, oh, it's a kids film with a fat panda. But yeah, I've heard like the actual storytelling's amazing. So. Yeah, it is, honestly, it's really good, and the animation is phenomenal as well. Because I believe Aye. it's is it not? I don't think it's Pixar. No, it's uh, DreamWorks. I'm sure. DreamWorks. That's Aye. it. Yeah, they, that was. You can tell again. They they, they took time and the animation looked absolutely solid. So it's one of the things I don't even I don't even think that it's a trilogy. I just remember Kung Fu Panda and think there was just one sort of thing. But yeah, I only t- I only to go back and just just come to the second one. You've seen the first one. You probably don't need a recap. Aye, but the second one is by far the best of the three Aye. and they're, all three of them are good so that shows you how good it actually is when was the third one out is it quite a while ago now I suppose uh, it would have yeah I'd, I would think about four or five years ago now I'm just going to check that because like I say I always forget it's a, a trilogy 2016 so 2016. four years ago that one has a, <laughs> it has a great cast that's a, obviously Jack Black Brian Cranston Dustin Hoffman obviously Angie Jolie J.K. Simmons Jackie Chan that <laughs> absolutely Seth Rogen great cast really really good I'd like to see Brian Cranston more films he's, he's I don't film. know right I watched that Trumbo somewhat Is that recently bad? I've it was seen bad it. he kept nominated for an Oscar for that I, think. I, 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 I didn't like it at all it's where he plays like the screenwriter is that right no um, journalist yeah. or the screenwriter no journalist a journalist he gets in, kind of caught up with the kind of Columbia kind of drug stuff as well oh no is that not the, the infiltrator when he it's Escobar, or he tries to get him. I think Trump, that is like, you're Trumbo's right. like the I don't know if it's the thirties or whatever. He's like the screenwriter with the. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I am getting mixed up. I'm, I'm getting, I'm thinking the one where he's just going to say he's definitely not fighting Pablo Escobar and Trumbo. 
That confused me for a second. I watched that with my dad when it came on Sky, I think, and I think he was miscast. He's a bit too old for that part, I think. I is uh, the infiltrator. You're bang I, on. That was 2016 as well. But I, I thought he was a bit old for that part, you know, because he's like, yeah. like, he's meant to be kind of, I think, in his 40s, but Brian Cranston does look a bit older than that, do you know what I mean? He does, he does. And no, in a bad way, he just looks oh, a bit looked like he was like, in his like, mid-40s when he was in Malcolm in the Middle. Aye, exactly. So, like, so, I know. He's, I know. Just got, he's got older. Like, he's like, Aye, it's nothing, nothing you can do about it, I suppose, but... Well, you can date Jim, but not for a film like the Infiltrator, do you know what I mean? No. You just cast something else, but I would like I'd like to see him in more kind of bigger parts. Like, they put him in that Power Rangers film, you can't even tell it's him. He's <laughs> under all that stuff. I'm like, why cast him if you're going to cover him up so much? That Power Rangers film is actual garbage. I've, I've not even watched it. I've just seen... I looked up the clips for him, because folk are like, he's pointless cameo, and I'm like, what are they talking yeah. about? So, or pointless casting, I suppose. No, I, I, I did actually... I, I got fooled into going and seeing it, because the trailer made it look like... I know I was. It was actually like a reboot that could actually have worked. I like be quite goofy and exciting and stuff, and but it, it just wasn't at all. It was terrible. It's the guy for another Stranger Things actor. He's um the Australian guy. I forget his name. You know the guy I mean with the blonde hair. Ah, oh, with the stash. Mm-hmm. Can't remember his name either. He's good. I like him. Yeah. So uh, this this film this week's been pretty good film wise. Uh, I'm actually going to the cinema tonight. Oh, what are you going to see? Uh, I'm actually just going to watch. Again, the reason why we're doing this podcast on everything we've watched at home is because, unfortunately, this week there was nothing of note, I of of new out in the cinema, so oh. or anything that we really wanted to go see. Aye, basically. Um, so tonight I'm going to see Harry Potter: Goblet of Fire. What's that one in the cinema? Just as a kind of showing of good films. That's probably my least favorite Harry Potter film. It's funny. It's my favorite Harry Potter film. Really? I think you've just lost half our audience. <laughs> <laughs> or gained next Or gained half day. Day. Maybe could you're be. the problem. Could be. I'd say mine's just Prisoner of Azkaban, that's my favourite. That's pretty good, yeah. Again, they're all good. Like, Aye. I, I really like Harry Potter as a, as a series, but The Goblet of Fire for me is class. I like the dragon sequence, that's my favourite But Yeah, yeah, that's really good. The only thing with Prisoner of Azkaban is, is I think it's very silly to introduce a time travel thing. Like time travel plot because it does bring up the whole thing. But then that that would exist in that world. I know, but it's like why not use it to go way back to kill Voldemort when he's a baby and stuff? Like there's that whole arc. Do you no know one I mean? likes to think about killing a baby. Like, yeah, come even, on. Dead, even Deadpool couldn't do it. Do you know what I mean? Was it baby Hitler? He's ah, exactly. <laughs> but you know what I mean, like, and it's just like why does she not use that in other parts of the story? See, like the final battle at Hogwarts. Why she not get the time turner to like give them the advantage there? Just in terms of like looking forward no even what you could do in the past do you know what I mean yeah aye, unless true. it gets destroyed or something stupid but yeah maybe that was left, maybe that's in the books but not in the films I don't know but I just feel like why if you, that's such an amazing power and why give it to a girl to get to her classes in time can it not be used for well no it's, that technically isn't what it's there for I know but he gives these gifts because he knows the great, the, 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 they're coming to a greater use aye no but it's uh, Professor McGonagall gives it to her oh yeah no you're right do you know what I mean? So why just give it to... Aye. Uh, do you know what I mean? Maybe there's a difference. As a, maybe, maybe it was like a prize for the best person in the class. It could have been, aye. Because that happened in Harry Potter before. Aye. But Call of Fire is my, uh, my favourite Harry Potter movie, so looking forward to seeing that in the cinema tonight. Right now, there's I've been in the cinema so well, obviously, recently we've been going back, but I'd probably go see anything at this point just to yep. see some. But obviously there's not anything new that's worth watching, but... Again, we'll just kind of go over what we've been watching, things that are getting added to Netflix, Amazon, 
um, series, just that sort of things, kind of movie news. One thing I forgot to mention at the start was I seen apparently Rowan Atkinson is being cast as Hitler in Peaky Blinders. Really? Yeah, totally random, I know, but um, Hitler. That was pretty interesting. That's such a. I always say like the actor doesn't have to look like the person, but that's Hitler's a hard sell for me, Rowan Atkinson. Yeah. You know, and I, I think he's a good actor. I, I generally generally think that comedians do make good actors. It seems to be a kind of common theme that when it comes to serious acting, people who started in comedy seem to generally know all the time, but I think there's something to be said for that, because I think comedy is so difficult to pull off naturally that you do have to be a good actor. Like, look at Steve Carell, for instance. Uh, he's just an amazing actor, and yeah. if you look at his kind of Michael Scott character, there's obviously it's The Office, it's a big comedy, but... The Office is fantastic. If you look at him as, from an actual acting point of view, it's it's quite layered, the stuff he does, because you feel sorry for him, but you're also like, I want a goofball, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's partly the writing, but... I like him in uh, The Big Short. Aye, the housing thing. Yeah. Aye, that's, that's a good film. Housing Collapse. Aye. That's great. He pulls that role off really well. That's a good film. Aye. Where he, like, he realises he's just made all this money off people's suffering or people's like financial collapse and aye, aye. proper depressed, almost throws himself a building. You're like, oh my gosh. But <laughs> aye, he's a good actor, aye. Really, really good. But yeah, I, I know we should have put that at the start with the movie news, but um, I just remember seeing it being shared everywhere and an article about it that supposedly Rowan Atkinson is signed on for that so that'll be strange if, at the least I'm thinking about the those Hitler react videos if somebody's made one <laughs> Hitler finds out Ron Atkinson's cast as him in a movie yeah. or something like that would be quite funny they, they'll, they'll never get old for me even though they're the most stupid things ever I'll always like them we'll put a few um, we'll put a, a few posts out on the social medias get um, get you involved in what movies we might kind of talk about next week if we don't end up seen anything at the cinema aye. and um, yeah just kind of let us know what you'd like us to talk about aye some recommendations would be good and uh, we'll keep an eye out for obviously any new trailers and do um do maybe be like even like a live reaction to like watching a, a trailer that we haven't seen that come out yet that'd be good aye I know that um before filming this David put on the uh, Supernova trailer Stanley Tucci film that's coming out and Colin Farrell no oh. Colin Firth Colin Farrell <laughs> Colin Farrell Colin Farrell um, I like Colin Firth I like Stanley Tucci as well like that film them. looks emotional that film looks like a tearjerker aye so if MD doesn't know it's basically a couple um they play a couple I think their partners are like 20 years yeah. what I've seen and they're basically going on a wee holiday across England visiting their family and friends they're like, they've got a wee camper van but Stanley Tucci he, he's been diagnosed with early onset dementia so it's like two years ago he's been diagnosed with this and they've been kind of not coming to terms with it but just adapt to their life how it's changing and stuff and yeah. it looks really sad to be honest but sad but like heartwarming as well sort of thing it does it looks like it does. It looks powerful it does honestly see so you just watching the trailer I can tell it's gonna it's gonna get some people welling up straight away. Aye, and it's got some like film festival awards at the start and stuff. So yeah, it's obviously done the festival circuit already. So it'll be nice to see. It looks like the kind of film they might put straight to streaming. I think so. Yeah, it's, I it think, looks pretty um, low budget. So a limited release or straight to streaming. Aye, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. Be I think it'll be nice to talk about. It. That's something as well. If anything comes out straight to streaming, we'll we'll just purchase it, watch it at home instead of going to Aye. the cinema to watch it. So. Um, don't feel like there's going to be any new films that come out that we're just going to ignore because it hasn't come out in the cinema. Aye. I think like if the cinemas are, if it's like a slow week or whatever, we could get into the habit of like, reviewing a 
classic film every week or yep. if we don't get any recommendations but depending on the season like we could review like a Halloween film or that's it we're starting to come up to that now anyway aye, like so. stuff like that might be good I don't know if people are interested in that they we can did, let us know, we did so. talk about having a Halloween special so and we will do we certainly will we'll do a Halloween special aye. talking about scary movies and well not scary movies I think that term but horror the kind aye, of horror, horror genre or films that maybe scared you when you were younger but <laughs> you kind of laugh at the idea that they scared you now see a film like that people are scared of this, um, have you ever seen Return to Oz the 80s film yeah I love that film but see like my auntie and stuff they were all terrified oh, I was going like an LSD trip though I, but I, see when I was younger I still loved it like, I was like me when I was younger uh, the Dark Crystal scared me senseless man all the puppets and stuff aye, no it's <laughs> totally fine the series that came out on Netflix was actually really good as well it was I, I aye, enjoyed I really the series I it's like um, it was like refreshing to see all these practical things cutting about, and not just. I'm not against CGI. It sounds like I hate on it a lot, but I like it when it's used properly. So I I, I like practical effects as well, though. And obviously there will be CGI in that show, but it's like it's been used properly, so you don't notice it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, but we'll we'll definitely do a Halloween special aye. and a Christmas special if he's a kicking around one. I hope. <laughs> but I, mean, um, I assume they will be. But yeah, next week will be a regular week. If we again, we'll put some posts out, get you involved in uh, what we're going to be talking about or watching. Maybe go to the cinema to watch an older film or see if anything gets released. And I keep an eye out for the streaming services as well. Aye. So it'll be a good couple of weeks, I think. No, it's been another good wee, good wee podcast this week, and. I need to get some get some more stuff to watch for the next one. Aye, and get some. I'd like to get a proper intro made. For yeah, us. we'll get a proper intro made up. I, I like the outro music though, so I think we'll keep that. Yeah. Next week as well, we'll give you a more in-depth review of Enola Holmes. I've already obviously I've now seen it in full. David's only seen half, so that's why we didn't go and give it a full review during the podcast because uh, it's a bit unfair to it. To aye, it's unfair for me to score it, but yeah, to, to be exactly. fair, I've gave it a higher score than I, I said before I'd even seen it. So. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a good thing, so... But well, thanks for tuning in and listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye.